Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 85 years. Learn more at ADR.org. U.S. stocks are lower with investors awaiting data on factory and service industries activity for further clues on the strength of the economy. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P 500 down four tenths percent or seven points in 1979. Dow Jones Industrial Average down three-tenths percent or 51 points to 16,848. The Nasdaq's down three-tenths percent or 14 points to 4,689. Ten-year Treasury down one-thirty-second. The yield 1.84 percent. The yield on the two-year 0.84 percent. NYMEX crude oil down 1.1 percent or 38 cents to 34.29 a barrel. COMEX gold up half percent or six dollars ten cents to 12.47.90 an ounce. The euro, another 0917, the yen at 113.60. Kroger is the worst performer in the S&P 500 this morning. It is currently down about 6.7% after predicting slower growth this year, hurt by pressure on prices and its merger with the Roundies chain. Herbalife is down 7.5%. The nutrition company under federal investigation for allegations of fostering a pyramid scheme said it overstated growth of new customers and distributors last year because of database errors. And consumer confidence declined. In the last week of February to the lowest level of the year, the Bloomberg Consumer Comfort Index falling to 43.6 during the period ending February 28th from 44.2 the prior week. A measure of whether it's a good time to spend posted its weakest reading in six weeks. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. Um, I had an email over the weekend who said, Tom, your work on Honeywell UTX a number of days ago was ginormous. And the reason it was ginormous is not because of Michael McKee and Tom Keene. We're mere mortals. But we got lucky with Peter Armand and Stern Agee, who gave us terrific on-the-spot, no-notes perspective on two American industrial giants. If you haven't kept up with the news, um, that mating is shifted aside. Peter, you attended the Honeywell International Day. Let me get this out of the way before Mike McKee asks you about Honeywell and industry in general forward. Mr. Cote cleared the air on the collapse of the UTX deal. What was the energy like in the room? Yeah, yeah. Good morning, Tom. Good to be back on. Yes, I mean he he did clear the air. I think he wanted to basically address the issue, you know, head on that he had not uh, lost his mind from deviating from the previous plan. I think he just saw an opportunity to try to put two great companies together to create, you know, really a lot of shareholder value. But at the end of the day, you really need two to tango, and and they just couldn't get there. Did the board assist Mr. Cote in his new clarity of reasoning? I don't think so. I think uh, this is, you know, uh, CEO to CEO discussion, and I think ultimately, uh, you know, Honeywell, he did not want this to be a distraction to what, is really still a great story for Honeywell long-term, and I think that's what he wants to, you know, refocus on right now. All right. Well, what is that great story? Because it looks like a, a, a UTX acquisition would have fit what their growth strategy is in the short run. It is. It seems to be acquisitions. They, you know, sales were lower in 2015. This year they're projecting only a small organic growth yeah, that's that's true. But, you know, again, with, with Honeywell, 
um, they're really on focused on on driving that organic growth. And what that entails is really refreshing their existing products or introducing new products. And a lot of that is all about leveraging services, software enhancements, or connectivity. And that's the theme I think everyone needs to focus on is regarding connectivity. It's going to be a huge theme that Honeywell is executing on. Um, you know, we all talk about smartphones. Well, forget the smartphone. In the industrial world, it's smart buildings, smart homes. Honeywell has a presence in 150 million homes. Uh, in aerospace, there's smart controls on the engines. That data is now being used, and Honeywell's offering services regarding maintenance. Um, in the cockpit, the passenger, in the cockpit and the passenger experience is going to radically change in the next five years, and it's all because of Honeywell. The Honeywell has new weather features, which they're going to basically allow crowdsourcing among pilots, and that is that is something that just is not done today, and that's going to allow for a smoother air uh, you know, pilots to, you know, basically navigate around weather much easier. Um, and then with the new satellites that are up with the KU band, Honeywell's new hardware, you're going to, your internet experience is going to be a hundred times faster in the back of the plane. So it's the equivalent of a fire hose versus a straw. And, you know, I think we're all looking forward to that. So, so this is a longer term play as a stock. Absolutely. I mean, they still show that, you know, their organic growth is actually going to continue to inflect. And the fact that these services and these connectivity themes, they all come with a software yeah. piece. And so that software piece comes with a higher margin. So they can they can have a lot of confidence that they still have margin runway in their story. Yeah. I congratulate you on the granularity of your note, folks. You get that from Stern AG, not from us. Peter Arment uh, with us. Peter, on the use of cash and the M&A framework, you mentioned discipline. They're going to come up with a $25 billion cash load. They're going to do all sorts of cool things with that, but they're going to do it within the discipline of an internal rate of return greater than their weighted average cost of capital and double-digit ROI. I'll cut to the David Cote chase. How do you do that where nominal GDP is? I don't get it. Well, I mean, again, they have the, the luxury of having enormous presence and strong market shares in a lot of these uh, markets that they're in, and they know the businesses that, that they want to go after, and they know the high-value-added capex that they want to spend on. So it's a matter of really leveraging that. I mean, there, I think that that's the most recent deals that you've seen, whether it was Elster that further, you know, gave them uh, stronger controls in the, in the smart metering business, um, some of these recent software deals. That's all kind of leveraging the overall strategy from Dave Cody and the rest of the management team. What is their practices versus a train wreck known as international business machines? What is Cote doing that Romney and the others could learn from? Uh, well, I think he's, uh, you know, I think again, they've, they've, they've allowed themselves to really kind of benefit from some, some of the big value themes, whether they're still penetrating in, you know, these China and India markets. Um, but at the end of the day, they have a big local presence in all these areas where they are the equivalent of the Chinese competitor because they have a strong presence there. And they're able to kind of leverage that in terms of being close to the customers and and, and continue to penetrate those markets um, just in a smarter way. And I think they're well positioned for, you know, still a lot of organic growth in these markets. It's amazing, Mike, how much Honeywell product is on our Gulf Stream. I had no idea. Yeah, you really, you know, well, it's because you sit in the back and you look at the wood paneling. and uh, the, the aquarium is something. Exactly. <laughs> Honeywell, uh, six acquisitions they're digesting. Are we expecting more from them? And is that going to be a theme in uh, industrials and, and multis like Honeywell for 2016? While organic growth is difficult, you just look for uh, for bolt-on profit? Yeah, I think that's always the case. Um, but I don't think they're in a 
in a rush to do deals just because uh, the global mm-hmm. economy is uh, softer. Uh, I think they really, it's all about the strategy and they want to execute on that. And, you know, thankfully that uh, this has been uh, a strategy that Honeywell's had in place uh, for several years now and with Dave's leadership. Tell us about the rest of industry. I mean, it's great to go to a road show, and Honeywell's been a, st- a wonderful performer. Can you go to other road shows within the industry group and get the same kind of operating excellence? I mean, look, these are all, I mean, Tech United Technologies, they're, uh, you know, we're neutral rated, but, you know, they have, you know, very strong margins and a lot of uh, cash generation. Um, these are all, I think, uh, companies that are executing very well. Um, again, it's just about a different story of who's, mm-hmm. who's got some strong organic growth and able to leverage that. Um, you know, in aerospace, which is, you know, where I spend most of my time, um, you know, you still have a very big backlog between Boeing and Airbus uh, yeah. there that's providing a lot of organic organic growth for the for the entire industry and supply chain. So there is a lot to leverage here. I, I mean, I look at some of the, you know, forget about the excitement of Honeywell holding water in a bear market. There's some red on the screen, to say the least. I mean, something giant like Boeing or Raytheon actually doing pretty well. But like BE Aerospace, the, you know, these are companies we don't talk about much. Is there an opportunity when something craters like that? No, oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, BE Aerospace is one of three interior parts company they're not inside the cockpit but basically they're in every other area nose to tail inside the in, inside the uh, airplane and you know one of the things that we're seeing the last few years and it's going to continue this year is global traffic growth continues to be very robust and so basically the aerospace mm-hmm. is a takeoff and landing play the more wear and tear the more interior parts have yeah. to be refreshed and of course they also benefit from, from the higher deliveries at boeing and airbus we got to come back with that beav is the symbol peter armand thank you so much stern aj you mentioned the wood paneling my uh, be aerospace makes the wood paneling yeah the, 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 those that's the company that's why you went to that company yes you know yes we know we have hard knowledge yeah. on that peter armand seriously folks has been just superb with us in the heat of the honeywell utx up, down, I thought there was some uh, really interesting stuff there on, um, you know, not that we have an opinion on buy, hold, sell, but at least how to present a successful company to uh, the street. Mike, um, we have something tomorrow. It's Super Friday. Super Friday. Uh, we uh, put the um, the jobs numbers to the public, and um, we certainly have a favorite in that race. Good numbers, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, Bill, we'll, Bill we'll Gross. See. Bill Gross. It's a movement, the Bill Gross movement. Yeah, well, he has a new. Uh, you can look it up. Uh, you go to Janice Capital's website, and he has a new investor outlook mm-hmm. out today, uh, where he examines the financials. Something people look at yeah. while they're waiting to hear from him tomorrow. Within the politics of the moment, Jonathan Stearns and Toulouse Olorunipa uh, on Mr. Romney, Governor Romney tries to slow Mr. Trump's rise, comma, drawing billionaire billionaires' ire, hmm. is the headline. This is Michael McKee and Tom Keene. We hope you join us tomorrow. We'll do five hours of Bloomberg surveillance. We'll do that moving towards Jobs Day, 830. Be with us tomorrow.